Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everybody, welcome to Monday's edition of the AwesomeRoad.com NFL Strategy Show. Wait, no? 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 Yeah? No? <laughs> A drop came in, man. When it drops, you gotta go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the AwesomeRoad.com NFL Strategy Show Showdown Edition. Dave Lochran with me as always, Matt Kajeski, and coming back again for another show, hoping to make this a regular weekly thing every Monday. Alex Brown, former defensive end for the Chicago Bears, nearly a, a 10 or nearly a decade long career. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, who, what better person to help Matt and I break down everything for today's game between the Bears and the Vikings than Alex? So, Matt, I'm looking forward to it, man. Sometimes these games. Might not look great on paper, but how many times have we said it? Whether it's the Jets and Patriots or it's the Jets and Broncos, sometimes bad on paper games turn into great DFS ones. We've seen this routinely. A couple Jets games, a couple Broncos games, just some teams that were battling each other near the bottom of their divisions, and it turns out to be a shootout or a close game, and they're fantastic. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, AB, we've got the Bears and the Vikings. You got a lot of traveling to do. So we appreciate <laughs> you being here. I know you just grabbed a flight at 4 a.m. You got to do go, you got to do a, a pregame and a postgame show for NBC Sports. Um, I'm gonna just throw it to you right out of the gate. Do the Bears get this W tonight on Monday night football? Well, I mean, Dave, you know you're gonna have to watch the show to, to get that answer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? I, I I sure hope so. Um, I think they I think they got a shot. Uh, looking at how the how they played the Vikings in the past, um, I think they'll come out ready to go. Um, I think the defense will be pumped, and they believe there's blood in the water every time they play uh, Minnesota. So, and Kirk Cousins for some reason he holds on to the ball a second and a half longer when he plays the Bears, and Khalil Mack just kills him. So. I, I think they got a shot. It'll be offensively. Um, with Nagy giving up the play calling, um, I think that's kind of up in the air on how um, how we're going is going to call the call the plays. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I hope I hope it'll be different because over the last two years the Bears are averaging 18 points a game, so or right around that 18 to 19 points a game. So and that's not going to get it done. Not with Dalvin Cook in the backfield over there and all those weapons they have on the outside. Yeah, and the great thing about these shows, Matt, is we can give our we can give our opinion of how the game is going to go at the top of the show, but then we have to unfold everything, right? I hate using that term, unpack. I, I refuse to use it. It's <laughs> everywhere, and I'm not going to bite. 
Uh, but, you know, we have to, to unfold everything, pull the pieces apart, and then kind of find ways to put them back together. You've got the Vikings uh, on the road laying three and a half points. So they're a little over a field goal favorite, 43 and a half point total. If you had to tell me right now what direction you think this game takes, you had to tell one story for this game, what would it be? I think the one story is exactly how the bookmakers lay it out. It's a slight Vikings win, and of course we know what the Vikings are trying to do when they have a lead. They are going to run Dalvin Cook as many times as they possibly can. So making Dalvin Cook a strong play in that scenario, you probably want to play some Bears pass catchers, assuming they're playing from behind. All right, let me stay with you, Matt. Quickly get into uh, a couple pieces of injury news here. Uh, a few big ones. We know Irv Smith was ruled out. He's coming off you know, a couple respectable games, at least being looked at in the end zone. But on the other side of this game, I think the biggest one is David Montgomery being sidelines. Now, I say that's big because of the volume he's getting, not necessarily because of the production we've seen from him. Uh, so there are a couple spots here that, that could definitely influence the way we play tonight. And then Allen Robinson questionable, but I would assume he'd play. Let's start with Minnesota. Start with Dalvin Cook. There's no other place to look here. If you want to roster him in the captain spot on DraftKings, you're forking out $20,400. And you know what? I think it's justified. I think it is too. We just don't see players that have Dalvin Cook's role in this modern day NFL, not to mention some of the ridiculous long runs he's breaking off. It's Derrick Henry-esque if we want to compare him to somebody. And luckily for the pricing on this particular slate, there's a few value guys that we'll get to that could allow you to get all the way up to Dalvin Cook and still field a fairly viable roster. So I'm very comfortable rostering Dalvin Cook. I think he's almost a must play. All right, baby. You mentioned yeah. before we got started that, uh, you know, the, when you have someone like Dalvin Cook, and I'm paraphrasing what you said, they can, you know, grab the ball 30 times in the backfield. Any mm -hmm. opponent's going to have a hard time stopping him. And we've seen that case in point last two games. He's <laughs> run all over opposing defenses. How do you see it play out tonight, Dalvin Cook, against the Chicago team whose run defense has been pretty, correct me if I'm wrong, pretty bend but don't break thus far mm -hmm. throughout the season. They certainly have bigger weaknesses than their, than their run defense. Well, early on, early on in the season, that was their weakness. They couldn't stop the run up the middle with um, – with Eddie Goldman opting out of the season and just trying to replace him over the course of the year, I think they're, they're starting to figure it out. And um, I think you saw a glimpse of that last week. Um, what uh, the defensive coordinator, Pagano, what he did was blitz. So he, what he would do is make these guys have one gap. And when you're trying to two-gap a guy, then you end up with a defensive lineman and a linebacker in the same gap. Now there's a seam, and there you go, Derrick Henry. And Matt mentioned Derrick Henry. They did a pretty damn good job against Derrick Henry uh, last yeah. week. So I actually – Yeah, like 60, 68 rushing yards or something? Yep, 68 and some, some, something like that. And it was – and he got 30 or 25 of those on one carry late in the game. So they did a really good job against him. And if you, um, I, I like, I just like using this term because I hear you guys use it all the time. Um, if you want to get different, <laughs> then you kind of, I mean, go with that. And let's say, and I know it's crazy if you want to fade uh, Dalvin Cook, but I, I mean, honestly, can can you see Dalvin Cook getting twenty carries for I don't know seventy yards? I mean, that doesn't add up, you know. I mean, but he's a he's a big part in the passing game too. So, I mean, playing him, he's going to be on the field no matter what the game script is. Um, 
But I can really see the Bears clamping down on him by blitzing and making sure they take gap on a gap as opposed to having their Akeem Hicks and all those guys up front trying to gap and a half guys. So that, that won't work against Dalvin Cook. They will need to blitz. So given everything we just heard from, from Alex, uh, Matt, here, here's the here's the biggest question when it comes to to Cook, right? Because we can break down the matchup, we can analyze it from top to bottom, and all that's important. But really, most important in an instance like this is if you plug him into the captain spot. That means you have. And by the way, for those of you guys new to the showdown format, uh, captain spot, you're paying one and a half times the salary on DraftKings, but you get one and a half times their fantasy points. So if you plug him into the captain spot at 24. Uh, it doesn't even feel right saying that. Then you've got 5,900 remaining per your final or your remaining five utility spot players. Uh, is, is this something that, that you find relatively easy to do? And, and, and is it the play ultimately? I think there's a lot of reasons to get away from him in the captain spot, and it's because of that elevated price tag. If you play him in the captain spot, you are certainly going to be taking a stars and scrubs approach, if you will. So you're going to end up playing some really thin guys, down at the bottom, probably near the minimum price range. And if you just put Dalvin Cook in your utility spot instead of the captain, it's going to lead you to a naturally different build. Like you could probably play a more balanced roster. Maybe you're able to get more guys like Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, you know, real contributors with the team rather than the people at minimum price. So I think there is an argument with Cook today that you can put him in your flex spot and then just hope one of those other skill position players outscores him. Yeah, and you know, A.B., we talked, you mentioned getting different. Sometimes you want to do that, get away from the chalk. Sometimes you're not trying to be different, just trying to do what works best. My guess Mm. is when people are throwing Dalvin Cook into the captain spot, a lot of them, and we'll get to them later, but a lot of them are probably going to run that back with a minimum salary Lamar Miller on the other Mm. side because then that opens up a ton of salary Mm. everywhere else. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Lamar Miller being on that bottom line salary, I think you have to look at him because, I mean, you got Nall Montgomery's out. So Nall's going to come in. I'm not sure how they're going to play it um, uh, on special teams. I think they'll take him off of most of them, but he'll play some. Um, He'll play some. And then so you got Lamar Miller in there for that minimum salary. He doesn't have to do a whole lot to to help you on that. And my gosh, if he scores a touchdown, um, if they get close, they're going to put the veteran in um, that's knows how to get, has a nose for the end zone. So I think it, I, I think it'll be a good play. I'm, I'm definitely looking at him uh, to play him uh, tonight. So it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, but it's just, if it was still Nagy calling the plays, then I'd for sure absolutely play him. But I'm not so sure about how Ragone's going to call the plays, but I do think Lamar Miller will be involved. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to uh, Matt Nagy relinquishing play calling duties early <laughs> yeah. in the week uh, in a little bit. But, Matt, let's finish out with uh, Minnesota here. Outside of the run game where it's really just Dalvin Cook, uh, you have Kirk Cousins, who actually has performed pretty admirably lately, right? From a fantasy standpoint, he's had a few games that are pretty that are good enough. You're not very rarely are you going to get the big games from Kirk Cousins anymore, but he's been good enough. Now, the, the the crazy thing, though, is he hasn't needed to really throw the football. Had it not been for three touchdowns on 13 completions last game uh, and a touchdown on 11 completions, only 14 attempts against Green Bay, both games where Dalvin Cook did all of the heavy lifting, 
you would have had horrible games from Cousins, but he's been relatively efficient in some spots, particularly against Atlanta as well when they lost. And sure, he threw three interceptions, so maybe efficient is the wrong word, but he was at least solid enough with 30 fantasy points. What are you doing with the passing game, starting with Kirk Cousins, especially knowing that Dalvin Cook's going to be wildly popular regardless of salary? Yeah, ideally, if you're playing Cousins, you want the Vikings to be down. That's where they really start embracing the pass. To your point on Kirk Cousins, he's been efficient. He just doesn't have the volume. He's actually first in yards per attempt in the NFL right now. And that's fantastic for guys like Thielen and Jefferson. Throwing down the field is just going to lead to bigger plays, more scoring opportunities for the offense. If they get in that situation, there is a chance that one of Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, or Thielen could outscore someone like Dalvin Cook. So I will be playing some of these guys just because of their big play potential and the way when Kirk Cousins is throwing, it coming downfield makes a big difference for fantasy. We're happy to have you guys with us. Sometimes I forget to mention that at the very top of the show, but if you haven't done so yet, hit that thumbs up. But more importantly, uh, if you like what we do here on the channel, if you like our videos uh, and you want to help support us, if we've helped you, along the way with this free content, hit that subscribe button. That's uh, the easiest way you can help support us here. All you got to do is click subscribe. And if you hate it, you know, maybe you thought you liked it today, tomorrow you realize you don't, unsubscribe. No, nothing lost whatsoever. We'll gladly refund your misery. But hit that so then you always know when our shows are, are, are going live, right? It'll be on your browse feature. It'll show up easier on YouTube. You know how the algorithms work. Well, we don't. We just know that they're unfriendly to many of us. But if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe. Help us get to 50K. It's good for us. It's good for you. Uh, and your support is greatly appreciated. Okay, Abe, what about Minnesota's passing game? Kirk Cousins and some of these pass-catching options here uh, who, mm -hmm. you know, rookie Jeff uh, – uh, Jefferson has been unbelievable this season mm -hmm. as an Eagles fan. I'm watching Jalen Rager, you know, rack up like three for 48 thinking, <laughs> yep, we could have had him, but we decided to once again, take, you know, we also drafted JJ Ortega Whiteside when we could have had DK mm -hmm. Metcalf. So it's a shit yep. show out here. But what, are your, what are your thoughts? Well, just uh, talking about uh, how I believe um, the bears are going to come in and, uh, approach this game to stop Dalvin Cook, I think having the receivers is going to be huge. I mean, I think they're going to have one-on-ones. And that's not to say that they that you're just going to get big plays because Fuller and Johnson, they they test out as some of the top corners in the league over um, over the course of the season. So um, there's going to be some plays. There's going to be some 50-50 balls thrown up um, by Cousins. And I think Justin Jefferson and Thielen can really make some plays um, against the corners. I mean, how many – one or two catches uh, for Jefferson down the field. I mean, it could be two for 80 and a touchdown, you know? So he's, he's legit. Um, Adam Thielen, he's going to be running those in cuts and he's going to be running slant routes. And I, I think, I, I really think they're passing. And I think they're going to lean on their passing game regardless, just because of how the bears are going to approach stopping Dalvin cook. So um, I like, I like uh, cousins. I, I really like cousins tonight. Not necessarily because I think he's going to do well. I just think he's going to have the opportunity to do well because he's going to throw the ball a lot more. This is, Matt, this is why I like having some contrasting views on how things could play out because you're right. When when they're playing with a lead, with a comfortable lead or a neutral positive game script, they're certainly not leaning on Kirk Cousins. But, yeah, what about in a spot where – Chicago potentially, as A.B. said, you know, is focusing on the run, mm -hmm. quote-unquote, sells out to stop the run. 
and and it says, you know what, let's let's force Kirk Cousins to beat us. If that happens to be the case, uh, that opens a lot up for the passing game. Is there is there a way here that because there was a question in chat too, we can tie all of this together. Uh, somebody asked, uh, it was where Gabriel Clark, is there any universe where I can fade Dalvin Cook and possibly win? So uh, yeah, talk to me about that in, in in conjunction with with Kirk Cousins and maybe the passing game having heavier volume than we think, despite probably not being forced into a negative game script. Yeah, I think this is probably unlikely given what bookmakers are saying. But we've seen these games get flipped all the time. It happens every single week. Four or five games do not go according to plan. If the Bears get the opening kickoff and they're able to drive down on a Vikings team that's down three of their top corners, which is in the realm of possibility, suddenly the Vikings are playing from a negative game script immediately. If that happens, they're going to have to take a pass-heavier approach. And then looking to a condensed target share in Jefferson and Thielen makes a ton of sense. Okay. So, Matt. Yeah, go ahead, Sorry. Matt. Do you think I, I just I, I don't know if uh what to what Gabriel was saying I don't know if you fade him completely, but not putting him in the captain spot I think is I think it you can make an argument there um to put let's say because he's so big in the passing game for the Vikings as well so even if he's getting crushed in the run I mean it's not like Derrick Henry would have taken him out the game to throw the ball. So he's still in involved in the game. So, uh, and I like Dalvin Cook against our linebackers. So you get him one on one with Danny Trevathan or even Roquan Smith. I mean, I like Dalvin Cook. So, and I think they'll like him. Um, when the Saints came in here, that's what they did. They you saw Alvin Kamara catch the ball. I think he caught seven of seven targets in the first half. So I think that'll be the approach that the Vikings take because they saw what happened last week um, uh, with with um, Derrick Henry. So uh, that's the approach. Um, uh, Pagano, the defensive coordinator for the Bears, come, leading up to last week's game, he hadn't blitzed much. He just wasn't doing it because he, I mean, and I heard one of our coaches or one of our um, NBC analysts, uh, Wanstead, Coach Wanstead, say that he talked to him and he said, listen, he don't want to make a mistake because if he makes that big mistake, their offense can't really come back from that. Now I'm paraphrasing what he said there, but I mean, that's essentially what he said. But last week we didn't see that last week. What we saw was him just say the hell with it. I'm going after it. And I mean, it, it worked well against the run. So I think they'll do the same. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, like fading Dalvin Cook entirely is probably a bad idea. I think you can get different mm-hmm. enough just by putting him in your utility slot. Like you said, mm-hmm. he's so active in all the phases of the game. The chances he's actually in the optimal lineup are just extremely high. Right now, mm-hmm. if we're looking at captain ownership versus utility ownership, 31% of Cook's ownership is coming from the captain slot. The next highest is Nick Foles at 11% based on the current ownership percentages we have right now. So if you just play Dalvin Cook in the utility slot and get different at captain, I think you'll be contrarian enough and you'll still get a bell cow back who's on the field regardless of game script, like you mentioned. And he has that great matchup mm-hmm. against the Bears linebackers. Yeah. Are there is there any justification to maybe considering, and again, we leave no stone unturned here on this show. It's a one-game slate. We have to cover everything. Matt, is there any justification to looking at a dirt-cheap Bears defense? I ask because... They, they're allowing 21 points per game this season. They haven't allowed more than 26 points in a single game. 
in 2020, that's pretty impressive, right? Now, that isn't to say that they faced uh, you know, a murderer's row of offensive opponents. That's not the case either. But uh, is there is there any is there anything there, any merit to, to looking at them? And before we move on to the Bears, are you interested in somebody like Kyle Rudolph with Irv Smith already ruled out? For me, I think you can definitely target the Bears defense just because of the volatility on these single-game slates. Plus, we know specifically in this particular game, Kirk Cousins is prone to turnovers. He's near the top of the league in interceptions. If the Bears come up to an early league, like in the example we mentioned before, if they score on the opening drive and the Vikings are playing from negative game script immediately, the Bears have a very good defense. And I think there is a possibility they would end up in the optimal lineup for that reason. I think you could also make the case on the Viking side with some of the turnovers that Nick Foles has committed too. As far as Kyle Rudolph, mm-hmm. I think he's one of the better salary saving options on this slate. Minnesota does not run a lot of 11 personnel and Kyle Rudolph is on the field already a lot. Take out Herb Smith and he's their best receiving tight end. The other tight end they're going to use Tyler Conklin is a pure blocker. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Bears defense, AB? I, I like them. I mean, I think they've been over the past few weeks, uh, they've been they got an end zone once. Uh, they got an end zone a couple weeks ago, but it was called back. So they're starting to get the takeaways. Um, I don't think Kirk Cousins has the strongest arm to throw some of those uh, some of those deep out routes. And I, I can actually see Fuller breaking on one with Adam Thielen because there's there's certain things. Uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, you're you're worried about him running by you. You're not worried about Adam Thielen running by you. So you'll see Fuller sit on some of those routes if he thinks he has an idea of his coming. And I can definitely see him picking one off or even Khalil Mack getting a fumble, uh, scoop and score there. So it's definitely uh, something that could happen that's, um, that, that's possible. But uh, the defense, ju- they do just enough, right? They do just enough. I mean, the, the offense is scoring 18 or 19 points. The defense is giving up 21. So I think it's actually a, it's mind-blowing that they're 5-4. and four to be honest. So uh, <laughs> you just, I mean, it's, it's hard to fathom. You give up more points than you actually score and you have a winning record. <laughs> so It's crazy. The, the chargers are similar going into yesterday. They were two and six and they had a negative nine point differential on the season. They, the opponents had only outscored <laughs> them by nine points and they were two and six. Football is wow. a crazy sport, man. But mm-hmm. did you say the bears are scoring only 18 points per game on offense? Wow. It, it, it doesn't surprise me. Oh, I thought that's what you said. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Yeah, they're scoring between 18 and 20. I think I actually think um, I think it's closer to 20, uh, okay. 20 points. But that's Dude, where they are. It's 19.8. But that's that's yep. third third lowest in the league. It, it's it's horrible. I mean, and you can bank and you can like you can book it. They're gonna last week. I think they scored 17 or 14 points in the first half or something, and then they scored three. Like, that's it, they're not gonna (laughs) score too much, you know. They're gonna be right in that area. Um, it's tough, man. It's tough. All right, um, Matt, let's flip it over to the other side. We'll hit on Chicago here. I want to start, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys both as much time as you need when it comes to this backfield, and I think we will need it. Chicago will be without David Montgomery, who. You want to talk about failing to capitalize on opportunities? Well, mm-hmm. that's him. And I'm sure look, I'm sure we'll get into the offensive line. Run blocking hasn't exactly been pristine either. But David Montgomery had a lot of opportunities, a lot of work, and really failed to capitalize on that. He's sidelined with a concussion, which means now, Matt, that that's going to bring 
Ryan Null, potentially Corderell Patterson, and maybe even minimum salary Lamar Miller, who was just brought up from the practice squad into the mix. Floor is yours. This is a really interesting situation to evaluate. And before I, I get into it, actually, I want to throw something AB's way. The Bears only had, of course, they weren't going into last week's game plan thinking David Montgomery were going to get hurt. So a couple of the other running backs they have on their roster, Cordero Patterson, he's mainly a special teamer. Ryan Nall, mainly mm-hmm. a special teamer. So they don't have a guy like Lamar Miller active normally. When David Montgomery goes down, it forces these special teams guys into like real running back roles. And my question for mm-hmm. him is this week, does Ryan Nall remain more in that special teams role, allowing Lamar Miller to take over the running back role? Or is it kind of a mix? Or do we actually think Ryan Nall could be the bell cow? I actually think... Go ahead, Amy. Oh, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, I think Ryan Nall is the, he's going to be the guy. I think he's going to get the first opportunity because when Montgomery went out, uh, he did catch some balls out of the backfield. He was running. He got in the end zone um, for the Bears late in that ball game. So uh, I think he's going to be the guy. Uh, he'll get that first opportunity. Now, if he fumbles or he drops a couple passes, then I think he'll be out. But this is his opportunity um, to come out and show what he can do. It's, it's good that he did well when Montgomery got hurt. It's good that he did well when he came in. So I think that bodes well for him to get the bulk of, um, of everything that's going on um, offensively as far as the running back position. So of all of these guys, A.B., who do you mm-hmm. – it's not necessarily just who do you like because the salaries are so insane. So let me just read these off. Lamar mm-hmm. Miller – uh, in the utility, not in the captain spot. So his actual salary is $200. That's as cheap as it gets. Uh, Corral Patterson is 5200 which is, you know, it's it's not particularly cheap given the guy's lack mm-hmm. of production this year. But they do like to use him in a variety of ways, right? Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. it's a, on shallow, pa- on shallow uh, passes and, and out of the backfield at times as well. Uh, and then, of course, Ryan Nall, who you talked about, is $6,200. Given their salaries, do you like all three of them? Do you like one of them, two of them? How do you, how does it break down once salary is put in, in view? Well, I'll just um I'll just come out right now and just say I absolutely don't like Cardell Patterson. I, I don't like him. As soon as he gets the ball, he's a he's a returner, he's a receiver, so and he's looking for the sideline. The the good thing with Nall is that He's not a shifty guy. He's not a game-breaking speed guy. So he's going to put his foot in the ground, and he's going to be okay with getting four yards, you know. So and then you you stay ahead of this head of the sticks there. So I think that's a way if he takes that approach. I mean, that's what he does. I think he'll get the bulk of the carries because of that. Because you know he's not going to waste time. I mean, I, I love Montgomery, but Montgomery tries to make a lot of people miss because he wants that big play. And I think he's either second or first in the league in missed tackles or breaking tackles. So, I mean, obviously that has a little bit to do with the offensive line, but I mean, he, he doesn't just hit it up in there and I think Nall will. So I like Nall the best. Then I'll go with Lamar Miller because I think he will have something to do. And that is pretty much just based on his salary. Uh, he'll have some, something to do with this offense for sure. Matt, with that in mind, salaries, minimum salary, uh, Lamar Miller, $5,200, Patterson, $6,200, Ryan Nall. Uh, does that change anything for you in terms of maybe being willing to roster someone because they're so cheap or being unwilling to because someone's too expensive? 
I think you nailed it just the way you described it right there. Lamar Miller is in play today because he's so cheap. We don't know what his workload will be for sure, but similar to what AB said, I think he'll have some involvement. To what degree, I'm not 100% sure. And then a guy like Cordero Patterson for his role, I envision it being comparable to Lamar Miller just as far as raw touches. I think Cordero Patterson will be more involved in the pass game, but I don't think the touches are too far apart where we really need to consider Cordero Patterson over Lamar Miller at the minimum price, if that makes sense. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's do it. Nick Foles, AB, he's uh, – I have a lot of experience. In Philly, we call him BDN. If you guys don't know what that means, look yeah, it up. We, we, yeah. I know what it means, and I refuse to call him that. <laughs> Listen, man, that – after the Super Bowl, you'd think when that man skied, he made three marks. That's that's how <laughs> that's how impressive he was coming off that 2017 Super Bowl. We'll always yep. have a spot in our hearts for for Nick Foles, or as we you know like to call him BDN. But what do you think <laughs> of him today? It's been rough, AB. I, <laughs> look, Mitch Trubisky yeah. wasn't doing too much better. And then Foles comes in, they start winning some games, but it wasn't because their offense. I, I get Nick Foles against mm-hmm. Tampa had that pretty nice comeback. I lost a ton of money live betting Tampa Bay, so I will not forget that. Uh, <laughs> but, he, he, look, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been awful. But what are we doing with him today, knowing that you're going to have to pay for him? Yeah, you're going to have to pay up for him. But I think um, anything that happens, um, it's going to go through him as far as the Bears' uh, offense. So, I, they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball a lot. Just looking at the history of, and I know Coach Nagy. I know he's not calling the plays tonight, but I mean the Bears. This offense, they just don't run the ball. So I, you can you got Montgomery. He's getting most of the carries, and he'll come out of a game with eleven carries or twelve or fourteen. And it's like really, and that was coming off coming off a week where the coach was like, we're gonna really really hone in and make sure he gets his touches. And he gets 14 carries. So uh, I don't think they're going to, especially if they're playing from behind, if, if the Vikings uh, can get up maybe 10 points, then hey, Nick Foles, he's going to throw the ball 40 times. He's going to throw the ball 40 times. So with that, and I think they they really like Mooney. They really like Mooney. When they, when they need a big play down the field, um, they're going to go to Mooney. Everything else is going to be short to Miller and A-Rob. So – I just don't – I think A-Rob's almost taking a step back just with his role because Mooney has t- taken that step up. He's shown that he can be that number two receiver. So he sees a lot of um, he sees a lot of targets uh, in this offense, and I think he'll see that same six to nine, six to eight targets, something like that tonight. Yeah, Matt, what do you say with, with Mooney? I know you – I watched you type it in chat just moments ago that you definitely like him today. He's been impressive. Uh, and then you have the, the the really weird one here is when you're looking at, at Robinson, uh, Allen Robinson to be exact, his target share has come down a little bit in recent games. I'd also like to credit some of that to defensive play from guys like Jalen Ramsey, right, and, and, and Marshawn Lattimore. I, I do think that's pretty important to point out. But prior to that, he'd been averaging more targets than anyone in the league. So uh, what are you doing with with the two top guys here, Robinson and Darnell Mooney? Yeah, I think part of maybe what's happening with Robinson is the defense, opposing defenses, that is, can just dedicate more coverage his way. And now that they have a viable second receiver and someone like Darnell Mooney, 
He's been very productive. Maybe this opens things up a little bit more because you can't just skew coverage all the way to Robinson's way. When looking at this Minnesota team, I don't think you can do that anyway. It looks like Jeff Gladney's probably going to cover Allen Robinson for a majority of this game. And Jeff Gladney, I mean, if you watched him against the Packers, it didn't go so well. So, okay. If you love Mo- if you like Mooney and Robinson is 10,800. Like, but think about this. If you play Robinson and Dalvin Cook, you have 4,700 remaining per player, four utility spots left with Dalvin Cook at the captain spot. Um mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Matt, to stick with you for a minute here on Foles pairing him with multiple receivers? Like, is that in the cards for you? Yeah, it's probably the approach I'm going to take, just given okay. what we were going to with see. Dalvin with Dalvin Cook on the other side? Right, and I, okay. I think you could get different with that build by putting one of the Bears' cat, pass catchers potentially in the captain slot. What about Foles in the captain spot? You could do that too. He's actually not coming in with as much ownership as we typically see quarterbacks coming in. So just looking right now, he is the second most owned captain, but it's still only 11%. Usually we're seeing these quarterbacks up around 15 to 20. So it's not like you're eating a ton of ownership by putting Foles in the captain right now. What about you, AB? Do you like the idea of getting Foles in there with multiple receivers? Um, I want to actually, let me ask you this. You mentioned this before the show. I think it's it's really important. Uh, Matt and I had discussed I had actually asked them, I was like, are there any uh, any members of the secondary that I'm missing that are ruled at, uh, out today? And he said, no, we both talked about how bad they've been. Uh, but then you talked about Chicago's inability to, to protect uh, and pass block. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit more. Talk to us a little bit more about mm-hmm. that matchup and how you think it plays out, because that's one of the biggest that's one of the biggest things in this game. And if we've got a former NFL player, let's get into the X and his X's and O's a little bit for this matchup. Well, I tell you, I mean, you just look at um, you don't have to go any further than last week when they played the Titans and the Titans come into the season or come into that game uh, giving up over 27 points uh, to every opponent except for two prior to playing um, the Bears. So you look at that and then they dominated. They dominated our uh, the the Bears offensive line. And there's nobody on that defense on that on that defense to write home about because Clowney didn't even play. So everybody else was just dominant. They just smoke foes the entire game. So the offensive line, we got guys uh, that, are, that were third-string guys to start the season. Now they're the starter, okay? It, there's always that saying where you're the backup for a reason or this guy's the starter for a reason. Well, what the hell is the reason for the third-string guy <laughs> to be the starter? <laughs> like, <laughs> because of injuries, that is the only reason he's there. And it's going to be tough. And what we've... And this is what it plays down to because Nagy didn't change his approach offensively when his offensive line was getting hurt. So that is what was putting Foles in a real bad position because he was still doing five-step dropbacks and you just couldn't, he didn't have time. Mooney beat um, Ramsey on a double move and he just didn't have time to actually throw it to him. He was wide open, but he didn't have time there to get rid of the ball so fast. So, when those things happen, I mean, the coach just has to has to adjust. So I think a lot's going to come down to Ragone and what he's going to call uh, tonight. Is he going to call these this quick stuff? And if the offensive line is doing their job, I mean, I think they do get uh, Cody Whitehair back. I have to wait till um, the injury report comes out. But if Cody Whitehair comes back um, as center or as guard, then it makes them a little better. Uh, but I just I I don't. I'm not a fan of it would take for, for me to have all the, to have foals and the receivers in there. 
they would have to be playing from behind for sure. And I just don't, I don't know if the Bears defense is going to allow that to happen. I, I just, I, I see this as a low scoring game. I see it as a really close game. And I don't know if uh, Foles is going to have to push the ball down the field like late in the game, like he had to do in Atlanta where they had to come back um, from a, a large deficit. So I do like having Dalvin Cook. Uh, if you want to get different, you put him in the utility spot and not in the captain spot. Um, and maybe even have the two Vikings, I guess I'm looking at, I don't, the receivers look great. And I think they can have Jefferson and Thielen can have good games, but everything's going to go through. If Dalvin Cook isn't running the ball, which I don't anticipate he will be able to not as effective as he has the past couple of weeks. It's just, I think it's going to go through, um, through uh, Cousins. I think that's what it is. And that scares the hell out of me <laughs> because Cousins is, is iffy at best. So uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one, but getting cooked in that utility spot, I think it's going to be kind of the key, whether you put him at captain or you put him at utility. Okay. Yeah, Matt, I, I find this matchup funny on the line in the trenches, as they say, because Minnesota's got one of the worst pass rushes in the league and the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears, according to Pro Football Focus, have the second worst pass blocking line in the league. Yeah, I mean, it, you're not wrong. It'll be really interesting to see what both of these teams do. I, I think the Bears getting a couple guys back. I mean, some of them are still questionable on the offensive line. Whitehair helps. I know Jason Spriggs, who's kind of like a swing tackle for them. He plays really all over the mm-hmm. line. He's questionable to play tonight, so we'll see if he can go. I think that would help even just, you know, getting – Someone like Spriggs, who's a swing in there instead of a third stringer, could be a big difference for this offensive line. But I, mm-hmm. to speak on what AB said earlier, rather than push the ball downfield, maybe this lends itself more to the short passing game for Chicago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Matt, last one. What do you say for the rest of the Bears? Any tertiary pass-catching options? You know, we've, we've seen a, a couple decent uh, opportunity games for somebody like Cole Komet. But he hasn't really, you know, capitalized in a big way yet. Uh, he's questionable to play. We'll see if he's gonna if he's gonna get the start. But you know, he had that one game where he scored. He had two for twenty. But he doesn't have a single game with more than two receptions this year. Uh, does 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 is there anything else that that's at least viable to you on either sides of the field? Uh, and feel free to mention defenses, kickers too. Yeah. So looking at the tertiary options, I'll start with Chicago and then move to Minnesota. We didn't talk about Anthony Miller a lot. He's certainly in play with the Bears running a ton of 11 personnel. He'll be their main slot receiver, and he has 19 targets over the last two weeks. So he's still very involved, not quite as involved as someone like Mooney. So I think the pricing is appropriate here between these two. But if you just need a little bit more salary and you can't quite get to Mooney, I think Anthony Miller's fine. Jimmy Graham's price tag is a little elevated for me because he's playing basically, as far as pass catching goes, a similar role to Mooney and Miller, and you're paying more for him. He's in play because he's on the field a lot, but I would rather save a little bit of salary by going down to Mooney or Miller. On the Minnesota side, one thing I think will be really important today is that injury to Irv Smith. How do the Vikings handle this injury to Irv Smith? Because they run 12 personnel at one of the highest rates in the league. Of course, the two tight ends on the field in that circumstance are Kyle Rudolph and Smith. So do they move to a guy like Tyler Conklin as their second tight end? He's entirely a blocker. He played 25 snaps last week and spent 23 of them blocking. Or do they change and go to 11 personnel and run someone like Chad Beebe on the field as their slot receiver? He is the third receiver on this team right now, but he's playing just a few snaps a game because they're in so much 12 and they use a fullback in CJ Ham. I don't know, AB, maybe you 
Do you see mm-hmm. Minnesota playing more mm-hmm. 11 personnel now that they lose they lose someone like Irv Smith, who is mainly a pass catcher anyway? Oh, I, I thought they'd come out in 11 personnel um, prior to that because of the Bears' defense. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have to give help um, with their tight ends. They're gonna have to give help to Khalil Mack. They're gonna have to give help to Akeem Hicks. And now you got some guys um, that are coming along, Edwards. Uh, in the middle that even leaving him one-on-one is a problem. I mean, you still got Quinn, who they paid $70 million for uh, on the other side of uh, Khalil Mack. So there's a lot of guys that can rush a quarterback. What I, they're, they're not going to want to get in second and long, third and long, because I think then you'll see more of that personnel where you got two receivers running routes and everybody else is staying there and blocking. So um, one thing I want to say, Matt, Carol Santos. I don't want to leave him out because, and this is why. Hold on, hold on. It's funny because we had Come someone on. in the conversation. <laughs> I, I think he was trying to help you out or something. Nice Kevin goes, don't ask AB about kickers, assuming that. <laughs> that's just, why would you want to talk about kickers? Go ahead. Well, well I, I, I get it. The history um, with our kickers over the last four or five years hasn't been good. Or ever since, ever since Robbie Gold uh, left or the Bears got rid of him, it hasn't been good. But uh, the reason I like Carlos Santos is because you see a lot of games where uh, Nick Foles is throwing for 300 plus and they're not scoring points because they're not putting the ball in the end zone where if they're that close. So in between the twenties, um, once they get to the red zone is when the offense kind of stalls out and I'm telling they have a lot of confidence in him. Now he's hitting kicks every time he goes out. So I think he'll get three, four chances um, tonight and if he can hit him, I mean, you really could get 12, 15 points from him. I mean, honestly, I, he's he's really good from 40, from 50. I mean, he, he's, he's been doing a really good job. All right. Before we go, we're going to give you our, our picks. Who wins this game? Mm-hmm. Well, who covers? That's what matters most, right? Mm-hmm. And whether we think it's going over or under. And, of course, who's our favorite guy in the captain spot today for lineup construction? But before we do... Uh, this is a showdown slate, as you guys know, and if you're new to the channel, if you're new to Osimo, we've been doing the Express Weekly NFL Package for less than $4 a week. $3.95 a week includes all of our showdown content. Alex Baker, you know him, number one DFS player in the world, ranked number one, I should say. He built these tools, the ownership projections, the player projections, the top players tool where it takes probabilities, probability that they're the top player that they're two through six, which would be one of the top six in your lineup. All of the important stuff to actually take a data-based approach to winning these games, make you a better player. But also, on top of all that showdown content, we've got more. we got the uh, Express Lineup Builder, the Express Top Stacks tool, the rankings. So it's not just showdown content. It's more that you can use for all of these sites for less than $4 a week. And if you want everything, if you want Fantasy Cruncher, the add-on, if you want to get all of our tools for football, we got that, Awesome Plus, uh, uh, Platinum, NFL Weekly, Monthly, Annual. You can do all of our sports for everything, MMA, UFC, uh, NASCAR, you name it. We got everything at awesome.com slash join. Check that out. Jordan pulled it up on the screen so you can see what we have going on. But yeah, if you're just right now into the showdown, you want to, uh, you know, you want to play it safe. You got burned by someone last time. Not going to happen to us, but you know, in the event that you're still a little skeptical, less than $4 a week could get you in the door with very little risk, but you're going to stay. I'm telling you right now, you're going to want to stay, but this is, you know, basically risk-free. Join our premium Slack chat when you do as well. Say what's up. We got a great community talking DFS, sports, betting, everything around the clock. 
All right, guys, AB, we'll go to you first. Um, mm-hmm. Captain spot, you got to pick one player. You're playing, let's say, one lineup, single entry. Who are you plugging into your captain spot? I'm putting Cousins in. I'm going with Kirk Cousins. I, it makes me ill saying it, but um, I think just I, I think the game script will have him be that guy, and he will have to be that guy if uh, if Minnesota wins. So I don't think Cook will be able to run the ball. Okay, I love it. I, I like it's getting spicy in here, Matt. We got a little uh, <laughs> got a little difference of opinion. We got you said. Did you say Cousins in the captain spot? Yep, Cousins, Cousins in the captain spot. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I like using a guy like Justin Jefferson, and I guess it's very similar to what I mean, you guys said. are on the same page, pretty we're much. Not, we're on the same page, and I, I like it if we're just talking a little bit of game theory here. You put Dalvin Cook in your your utility slot, you're gaining a mm-hmm. lot of leverage just by doing that, and then you still get someone who's in a fantastic game environment in Jefferson. He's direct leverage off of Dalvin Cook in the captain slot, and AB laid out everything on how Minnesota's pass game could have success. All right, let's close it out with this. By the way, guys, if you haven't seen the Atlanta, yeah, who you guys? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, hold on. Uh, get those thumbs up over a hundred for us, and subscribe <laughs> if you haven't done so yet. Sorry, Matt, just trying to do my job over here. You can't uh, get off the hook on this. <laughs> uh, the, it's crazy because that Bears pass rush is pretty frightening. It's one of the the, the real elements of their defense that scares me. Can Cousins get the ball out of his hands? I think he can. But if we're assuming that there might be some short passes and Justin Jefferson is the guy that can blow by you downfield, Adam Thielen to me uh, is actually someone that stands out as a pretty viable option. Right now, he's a bit more expensive than I'd like, uh, but his captain spot ownership is only 8%. Uh, I like that. Uh, I'll go to Adam Thielen here and let's do our picks. Let's go with our bets. Uh, Spread bet is three and a half. Uh, the the Bears are getting three and a half points at home, and the over under on this game is forty three and a half. Check all of this stuff out at awesome or oddshopper.awesome.com. Entirely free, literally anything. All you need, all you need, aggregated in one spot to make the best betting decisions possible. Matt, who do you have? Bears getting three and a half total, forty three and a half points here at Soldier Field. I do like the Bears against the spread. I don't feel great about it. As far as the total goes, like AB said, I think this also could be a low-scoring affair just with the Bears' defense. And then also the Bears kind of in evidence on offense lately. All right. What about you, AB? Yeah, I don't. And I don't want people to think that I just picked the Bears because I truly don't. I I pick the Bears not – I don't pick them that much. But I do like them against the spread. Um, I think if it was three, I think I'd probably be leaning more – um, towards uh, towards the Vikings, but I, I do believe they keep it close, um, and I think it will be like a three three point game. Honestly, I like the Bears to cover this one as well. I wouldn't yep. be surprised if they won outright. To be honest with you, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go um, I'm gonna go over. And, and usually when you're when you're betting a, a dog, oftentimes you'll see people say whether it's basketball, football, you know, take the dog and the over, the favorite and the under. I'll go with the dog and I'll take over forty three and a half. What about you, Matt? I like the under in this spot. Okay, what about you, AB? Close us out. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I like the under. I mean, the Bears have scored twenty points. Vikings scored seventeen. Yeah, you you're gonna get the. They're not gonna score more than twenty four points. I'm telling you now, off. It's gonna be a shootout, bro. <laughs> no, I think it. I think it sneaks in over forty three and a half. No matter what's the, what team it is in two thousand twenty, man, that is such a low total. 
And, uh, and it's not that hard, you know, 24, 26 to 24, it's doable. But there you have it from all of us. Follow all of these guys and myself on Twitter. You can follow Alex Brown at AlexBrown96 on Twitter, at Matt underscore Gajeski, myself at Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D, and Osimo at Osimo underscore com. Thanks for watching, guys. Coming up shortly, only 10 minutes from now, myself, Josh Engelman, and Adam Scher are going to break everything down from a wild week 10 in the National Football League. It's the Monday morning quarterback show coming up in just 10 minutes. Thanks for hanging out.